Welcome to the Love Your Truth podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jen Chrisman, personal development and spiritual teacher. Each week, I will be bringing you an inspiring guest or thought that will help you move beyond fear and doubt and unlock your true potential because you know there's something inside of you that you want to express and a kind of life that you want to create. We're going to be talking about personal development, spirituality, wellness, and manifesting the life of your dreams. You'll get a blend of practical and spiritual advice where woo-woo meets neuroscience that you can begin applying to your life today. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another solo episode of the Love Your Truth podcast. And in today's episode, I am going to be talking about something very personal to me and something that I think is gaining a lot of traction out there in pop culture right now. And quite a few people have expressed interest in hearing my journey, my story, but I am going to talk to you a little bit about my experience with psychedelics and with plant medicine. And I will put a disclaimer out there before I get into this topic, because I think it's really important to acknowledge that plant medicine and psychedelics, ayahuasca, mushrooms, ketamine, um, they are really leading the charge right now in terms of healing and transformation and what is possible and it's also not for everybody and i want to be very very clear about that that i'm sharing only my own personal experience with it Um, i'm sharing this with you because i think there's some really powerful science behind it i'm sharing it with you because i in my own experience have had profound shifts and uh, healing happen in my life and i also know that uh, and i respect that it's really not for everybody and there is most definitely a shadow side to the psychedelic community um especially here in los angeles i think that sometimes the 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 waters the spiritual waters can get a bit mucky i think that uh, and this might be a conversation in and of itself i think that you know the the medicinal industry is is trying to work with it without the spiritual and the spiritual is trying to you know there's there's all of the issues that come with the spiritual and with anything in life we have to find right relationship and we have to find balance with uh with everything including plant medicine so having put that disclaimer out there i'm going to share with you my experience and you may find that something in it feels enticing you may find that something in it sparks your curiosity and you might find also that something in it is like a full body no honor whatever is true for you knowing that there is no one right way to do anything in this lifetime so so having said all of that my first encounter with ayahuasca 
was, gosh, it was maybe five or six years ago. I, I don't even remember at this point, but I had a girlfriend, a very close friend of mine who, who did it. And I had never heard of it at this point. And she, she shared with me what had happened and my reaction to it was, okay, that's cool. Right. She told me like she was in a, a, a home and there were shamans and she was up all night and, you know, drank this, this tea and there was music and it sounded really lovely. And she got a lot of insights and a lot of direction from this journey. And I was like, okay, that's cool. And at the same time, I was in a situation, a place in my life where I was like, you stayed up all night long and didn't go to sleep. And then you drove home the next day. I was like, that sounds miserable. I'm like, that's not for me. And I was very clear at that time. I knew something about her story and something about hearing about ayahuasca sparked my interest. But I was very clear that that was not my like I wasn't there yet. So I honored that for a few years and and then right around the time where my mom died so we're now in august of 2019 it's a few years after my first exposure to ayahuasca and i am in a very very deep deep state of grief and um if you've been with me on that journey um i'm sure you you know some of this but my mom had been sick for quite some time and i was with her and i was by her side as she as she made her transition and I thought I was ready because of that because of how sick she had been and when the time came and she actually passed I went into a a a state of grief that I didn't even know was possible it was really complicated because my relationship with my mom was complicated and I was like, like I said, I was really kind of blindsided by it because I thought I was ready for it. And at this time also, ayahuasca again was like showing up everywhere in my life, like literally everywhere. I couldn't listen to a podcast. I couldn't um, turn on the TV. I couldn't open up social media without sort of seeing ayahuasca. And so I, I, opened myself back up to that place of curiosity that I had been a few years prior. And I, I said, okay, I think, I think the time, I think now is the time. And I kind of made that decision, but not like an active pursuit. It was more of just an inner knowing that I think I'm ready for this. And, um, and part of what I had heard about ayahuasca and all of the different places that it was popping up around me was that the medicine calls you and if that feels like really woo-woo and um and like out there that's okay uh but there's this there's this uh there's a spiritual component that we can't ignore with this medicine and whether it was the the actual plant medicine herself or it was my intuition or my highest self, there was a nudge inside of me that was then, you know, the law of synchronicities, I was seeing it everywhere. And so a few months go by and now we're coming into the end of the year and I share with Matt that I, I'm ready. And he said, you know what? I am too. And we make this decision like, okay, we're going to do it. We don't know how we're going to do it. We don't know when we're going to do it or where we're going to do it or what's going to happen, but we both know we're going to do it. 
And that night we sit down and we turn on a uh, we turn on a documentary. And I'm watching this documentary about this uh, this transformation, this man who goes through an incredible healing. It's called uh, the reality of truth, I believe, or maybe the truth of reality. I get them confused all the time. But I turned on this documentary. It's about this uh, this man's journey of healing, you know, bottom of the barrel addiction with uh, plant medicine. And I'm watching this. And next thing I know, my friend is on the TV and he is uh, actually no, that's not how it happened. That is not how it happened. I had already texted my friend. That's right, because again, this, you know, ayahuasca is coming up everywhere. And I see that my friend, Dr. Jeff McNary, who I went to grad school with, is part of a retreat center in Costa Rica. And he, in a retreat center in Costa Rica that's doing ayahuasca and plant medicine. And so I had texted him. That's right, I texted him that day and I was like, hey, I'm really interested in ayahuasca and I'm really interested in what you guys are doing down there. Like, let's chat. That day, that's right. I texted him and then Matt and I turn on this documentary and sure as shit, Dr. Jeff shows up on the screen. And I was like, you are kidding me. I had no idea that he was affiliated. I had no idea that the documentary I was watching was actually about the founder of Rhythmia. So that happens. And again, it's another confirmation. It's another sign for me. Like, okay, this is my path. This is what's happening. And I, um, so Jeff and I get on a call the next day and he's telling me about it. And I said, this is amazing. Like I, I, the, I this is what I want to do. And he said, okay, come on. And next thing I know, Matt and I are on a plane, maybe, I don't know, three weeks later, and we're headed down to Costa Rica. And the way that Rhythmia does the, their experience is they have, you do four nights in a row. And I, I can't say enough beautiful things about my experience at Rhythmia. There is a, a podcast episode that's coming out next with Dr. Jeff, where we go into more detail about the actual work that they're doing at Rhythmia. I think it was um, the only way that I could imagine doing ayahuasca for, for my first time, because truthfully, it is so overwhelming. I think if I just did it one night and that was it, I would be left with kind of a like, what just happened? <laughs> um but they really support you. You're in integration all the time. They're coaching you all the time in how to work with the with the medicine and how to work with what's happening because there is such a a loss of control that can be felt. And you know, for people like me who tend to operate most of the time in this world by grasping for control and being in control. Um, taking a medicine like ayahuasca where you, it's a complete surrender can be really scary. And, uh, you know, you're also purging and that can be uncomfortable. And a lot of people, um, you know, you, you really visit and travel to the depths of your soul. And people have said that it's like doing 10 years of therapy in one night. And I would even argue, I think it's a lifetime of therapy in one night. Um, and, but the way that they do it again, with all of this integration and support that they're offering, they, they suggest that you go in with very specific intentions and 
you know, I'm a big believer of bringing intention into all areas of our life. And I think that the intention that we hold with anything will dictate the experience that we have. And it's no different when you're working with plant medicine. So my, you know, again, I was, I was going there because I, I was aware of, and I was, um, more attuned than I ever had been to this pain, this, you know, I had said, uh, shared with people through that time period of grief that, um, the grief felt so big that it couldn't possibly just be the grief of my mom. It felt like I was carrying the sadness of the world on my shoulders. And, and I knew that there was, you know, there were aspects of myself that I wanted to heal that I hadn't uh, been able to see. And I hadn't been able to touch and hadn't been able to not because something was wrong with me or not because I wasn't willing, but you know, there's a very like powerful mechanism and force, um, within us that is, is our ego. Um, it's that part of us that wants to keep us safe, that wants to keep us protected. And, you know, I had, I had feelings in me that, uh, my, I had been suppressing and I hadn't been willing to touch and excuse me, my mom's death really just brought all of that to the surface. And I wanted, I wanted help with it. And that was my intention for, for really going. So I had also, you know, I had also heard other people's experiences. And if I'm being really truthful, there was a part of me that was kind of like wanting what other people had. I had been hearing about people, um, you know, people drinking ayahuasca and, and there's a very common thread that occurs when you drink ayahuasca that people, you know, they say they go through their own personal hell but then they also meet God. And again, in my grief, and that's really this catalyst, I was, you know, in such a a state of like existential questioning and wanting to connect with my mom and wanting to have some reassurance that she was okay. And because of my relationship with God up until that point, and, you know, I've been on a, a path of healing my my relationship with God and healing my relationship with spirituality and prayer I but I was still like really deep in kind of the conflict of it and and so I was wanting I was looking for that connection I was looking for that unwavering knowing right again here comes my ego into play Um, I wanted to know without question that God existed and that God would speak to me Um, because I was such a skeptic. And even though I wanted so desperately to believe, there was still this part of me that was like, where are you? (laughs) You know, it's it's like that book um, from when we were kids. Uh, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. And for me, you know, are you there, God? It's me, Jen. Like that's sort of like an anthem that's been ringing true for me for such a long time. And, um, and so I go to Rhythmia and I'm carrying this, this intention within my heart that I, I want to know God and in knowing God, I want to heal this sadness around the loss of my mom. 
And the way that they, like I said, they, they offer you intentions that they think are really helpful. And I carried those intentions with me into my ceremonies. So you're doing four nights of ceremonies. And the first intention that they, they tell you is uh, to show me who I've become. And, you know, again, the, the, what happens when you drink ayahuasca is, you know, that the, the prefrontal cortex sort of goes offline. And that prefrontal cortex is also the part of us that I think protects us. Um, you know, it's the rationalizing, it's the reasoning, it's, um, you know, all of this. And it's the part of us that can tell the stories, right? Telling the stories that justify um, the, you know, justify all of the stories we tell ourselves, whether it's a, the story of victimization or it's the stories of, um, you know, it's okay that I did this or it's the stories of not being good enough. All of the stories that we carry, you know, we, we live from these places. And when we drink ayahuasca, that, um, that veil is lifted and we see past the stories and, I, I'm not going to do the greatest job explaining the, the mechanisms behind why that happens. I'm just going to tell you that that's what happens. And, um, and so I go into that first night with this intention of show me who I've become. And if I'm being really honest with you, my expectation of that night was that I was going to, this was going to be my hell, right? The medicine was going to show me who I've become and it was going to be this like horrible, like nasty, dark, like all the shadow, you know, things of me. Like I thought I was a good person, but really I'm this monster. That's what I was expecting. And I ended up having an amazing night. Actually, I, it was kind of like, uh, I described it afterwards of like, it was kind of like a first date, right? Like the medicine was getting to know me. I was getting to know the medicine. She was showing me some really cool shit. It was like, you know, traveling the edges of the universe and back again and just, you know, seeing so much and lots of sacred geometry. Um, there was a little bit of purging, but it wasn't anything, you know, too terribly painful or concerning. Um, and, and so I walked away from that night and I was really like, uh, there was an interesting dynamic that happened because, Um, What I came to later understand, and I didn't know this after the first night, but more was revealed to me because I was like, oh, well, you know, it didn't show me who I'd become, but it had actually in that, you know, big part of who I have become was someone who was always waiting for the other shoe to drop and who, who couldn't just let it be good right? Like that was what it had showed me because it was this like very cool night. And at the same time, I was still like waiting. I was waiting for like something bad to happen. I was waiting to be shown how awful it was. What I was waiting for, you know, that personal hell to, to come on and it didn't. And, and that was a big part of who I'd become, right? So many good things in my life. And yet my hardwiring, my programming for so much was to brace myself for the downfall. So I go into the second night and I'm, you know, I don't feel like, like the medicine has shown me yet who I'd become. So I carried that intention still with me. And the next night was my personal hell, like my personal, I mean, it was just miserable. I was sick to my stomach and I never purged. 
every time I would like lay down to try and get comfortable, this like booming voice of anxiety, like just came in and it was like the voice of my fear and the voice of my worry. And it was like, every time I tried to settle down, I was bombarded with these thoughts of like the fear and, you know, fear from everything of like, you know, are my kids like, did they get their lunch boxes to school today? Um, you know, I'm in Costa Rica and they're there with, with their dad and, you know, did he send lunch boxes? Of course he sent lunch boxes. Like that's the silliest thing for me to worry about. Um, but I'm laying there in the middle of the night in this dark room and with ayahuasca in my system and this is what I'm thinking about and like popping me up out of a state of relaxation. Everything from like that to like, oh my God, what did I do? This is a cult. This is, you know, like, I mean, every single thing that you could possibly worry and fear, like I felt it. I felt it in every cell of my body. And again, I'm nauseous, but I'm not purging. So I'm just sick. And that night ended. And I remember I was in tears walking back to my room and I was just like, there was such sadness actually that I felt that I was like, holy shit, this is actually how I live my life. So much of the time I carry so much fear underneath the surface. And like this fear and this anxiety is running through my body all of the time. And sometimes I, I like notice it, but most of the time I don't. It's just like it had become like that's who I was. That's how I operated and lived in the world. And and I felt so much sadness when I thought about that. So so I walked away from that night and I was like, okay, yeah, it's definitely shown me who I become. I was ready for my my next intention. And the next intention, um, there's kind of two, two and three really go hand in hand. And they are to um, merge my soul back with my body and heal my heart. And so Rhythmia has this theory that we come into this world as a whole being. Um, and sometimes it happens in utero. Sometimes it happens shortly after utero. Most of the time it happens in childhood where there's something that happens and it creates a split and our soul leaves our body, but it never leaves our field. It's always nearby. And, um, you know, other, a Course in Miracles talks about this moment where we learn fear. Uh, it's a similar concept. You know, you might think of this as like the point in time where your ego takes over and you forget about your highest self or your intuition. Um, all of these are different ways of sort of describing the same phenomenon of forgetting, right? At some point in our journey, we forget the truth of who we are. And so the, the next intention is to remember. And to remember through this merging, like bring it back into wholeness. And that was my intention and I carried it. And, and I ended up having that experience. So our third night with the medicine was when sort of the magic happened for me. And I, I drank the medicine and, and a few hours went by and I don't even, you know, I can't even remember at this point, like all of the details of what happened, but what what I experienced was this moment in time. It was like a flash. And all the times while you're drinking ayahuasca, there's an awareness of this absence of time and space that, uh, you know, timelines start merging. There's no separation between past, present and future. Um, like you really, that veil is so thin um, between the, the, the physical material world 
and you know the energetic world and um and so i had this moment where it was like this split second where i saw i saw myself i saw this this uh memory that i had from childhood and i remember it clear as day but it was in this particular moment that i knew and i remembered knowing as a child i remembered knowing the truth of who i was and and then all of a sudden i saw from that moment in time every other single moment of my entire life leading up to this exact moment how i had been guided and led every single day of my life by my truth by this remembering by this knowing of who i was and at that moment it was like my heart burst open and i was sobbing but i was sobbing these tears of of joy of remembering of remembering the truth of who i am of remembering the um you know the there was no question in my mind there was no doubt in my mind that i am a soul having this human experience that i'm connected to something so much bigger than this physical world and this physical body that i had come to identify with and i remember i sat there and i spent the rest of the night crying i was just sobbing and i was repeating over and over and over to myself i've always known i've always known i've always known and i couldn't believe the beauty of realizing this truth that i had always always known i had always known and my highest self had been guiding me every single step along the way and i saw these like all of these signs all of these the synchronicities that you know at the time felt hard or um you know insignificant but how how every single thing in my life had happened exactly the way that it had needed to happen for me to be right there in that moment and the other thing that was interesting in that place was um you know and there was some grief that came up for me around this after the fact was that you know i had gone in with this desire for god to speak to me on like without uh you know with an unwavering faith and knowing that god was speaking to me and in my experience what i experienced was that i was speaking to myself and in the moment that was so beautiful right there was this um like uh there was no separation <clears throat> excuse me there was no separation between myself and god and afterwards i i remembered feeling like like sadness because there was that part of me that wanted it to be something different than me that was wanting to have this like booming voice come in and tell me you know hey Jen I'm God and you know here's what I'm doing and uh, and that wasn't my experience and there was so much beauty in that and there was also some sadness and there was some grief and there was some loss and there was some questioning um and also the other thing too just in terms of my mom and like wanting to know my mom was there and she was okay and i had an overwhelming like i i knew my mom was okay but i also knew she wasn't right there with me i knew she was somewhere having the exact same experience that i was having in that moment of peace of of true 
um, freedom, freedom from the ego, freedom from the material world, freedom, freedom from the, the binds of, you know, the pain that we accumulate and live with over the course of our lifetime. And so I knew she was having that. And so I was at peace, but there was still this aspect of like alone that I felt in my journey as beautiful as it was. Um, the next night, so, so I had my, my healing, you know, my intention happened around those three, um, intentions of, uh, show me who I've become, merge my soul and heal my heart. I really, truly felt at peace with all of those. And so the last night I went in with another intention that they offer. If you, you know, if you hit those three marks, they, they then ask you to consider forgiving the unforgivable. And that night was a little bit confusing for me. I had some, you know, kind of scarier things come up. And then I ended up just, uh, falling asleep. And I, I think maybe what happened was that, uh, the medicine put me to sleep before, uh, because maybe it was too much for me to look at. So this was all in January of 2020. And as we know, um, shortly after that, uh, the world took a turn and it became a very different place. And, I, I truly, truly, you know, I'm again, everything happens for a reason. And there's no doubt in my mind that timing and questioning and motives and like, you know, just everything is always exactly the way that it's supposed to be. And I thank God every single day that I went to Rhythmia and I had that experience with plant medicine when I did, because I felt like it gave me a foundation, um, of truth and love to be able to, to hold onto as, you know, kind of navigating the, the uh you know <laughs> the destruction of the the life that we once knew and um and you know it, it, about six months of after rhythmia both matt and i were were aware that there was a a longing and a desire to continue to deepen into the work and to to explore more of what was possible with psychedelics and so this has opened up a, 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 you know, just a continued deeper layer of healing. And, you know, the thing with psychedelics, and again, I say this with a full understanding that they are absolutely not for everybody. And you can achieve the same healing um, in other modalities but what psychedelics offer is they offer a fast track. They offer a, it's like a, a zero to 60 um, experience of healing. And the psychedelics alone are not, it's like, that's not it. It can't stop there because you can, and I've seen this time and time and time again, you can take the psychedelics, you can have the most profound, unquestioning, you know, life-changing experience from one night with psychedelics. And a few days, a few weeks, a few months later, you can find yourself right back in the slippery slope of uh, old ways of being. Because, you know, the, the psychedelics offer the gateway, right? They show you here, here's the path, but then it's up to you to walk the path. It's up to you to take the steps every single day around integrating the truths of what you have experienced. And so, 
you know, my life today is this, this balance and, you know, finding that right relationship of learning the lessons and experiencing the teachings from psychedelics while also making sure that there is ample room and time and space for integration of all of these ideas and all of these concepts. And, um, you know, since my first experience at Rhythmia, um, you know, the truth is I can't even, I don't even know anymore how many ceremonies I have, um, I've sat in and I've, I've experienced. And, you know, each time, each one brings with them a deeper level of healing and a deeper level of understanding within myself. And I continue to be amazed at what is revealed within myself. And again, I also put this out there because I see this happen so frequently. There can become this attachment. There can become this uh, almost like an addiction to the healing process. And a mentor of mine said to me at one point last year, I was working with her and we did a private some private works around some healing and you know she shared with me that you know the healing that happened was a really beautiful thing and now it's time to start living your life as healed and to ask myself and a part of you know my integration of the medicine work that I've done is asking myself in my morning aligned time and in my morning intentions what is healed look like for me today and if you're listening to this experience and you're questioning psychedelics or um, you're in a place where you're like, no, I know that's not for me. Again, you can have these profound experiences from a therapy session, from a breathwork session. I think you can get just as much out of breathwork as you can from a psychedelic journey. Um, you can have profound insights. But then what the, the key and this is true with, again, everything in life. If you just have the insight, but you don't apply the insight to your daily life and to a new way of being, you're not going to be able to truly embody the wisdom of that insight. And that's really what the goal is here. That's when psychedelics become transformational. If you're just taking them, but you're not taking the time to actually do the work on the other side of it, you know, then it, it, that's where the slippery slope comes in. That's where the questionable practices come in. That's where questions around integrity come in. So this is just a like, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm kind of just scratching the surface of, uh, you know, my personal experience uh being on the receiving end of psychedelics i can you know there's also a whole other path to talk about and to share which is my you know being on the other side of it as you know as a, a facilitator and you know supporting people in in guiding their process with psychedelics and you know it's it's really hard when you have seen such profound transformations and such profound healing happen to not like want to share that with everybody and also recognizing like I've said before that this isn't this isn't the path for everybody and that's okay too right that you know someone who who chooses to use this is no better than or less than anybody else and I think that there is an you know there's so much ego out there in 
in the world right now and so much attachment to certain modalities and attachments to specific ways of doing things and you know i've discovered that like this healing path is great and so therefore it's the only healing path and if you're not doing this healing path then you're doing something wrong and so i really want to you know support you if you are coming up against that in any healing modality that um you know we always turn in we always turn in for the answers and discernment to know what is true and what is right for me so i will leave you with that i will also leave you with uh, an invitation if you have any questions any questions at all again i'm just like barely scratching the surface of uh my experience with it um there's so much more that i could get into but i want to be mindful of like overwhelming and time and uh also alignment uh and so i will invite you if you have any questions whatsoever please reach out please don't hesitate to share uh your experiences your thoughts your questions your concerns um all of it i'm here for those conversations i love you i thank you for being here for taking the time out of your day to to spend it with me and again you know if this felt uh, supportive or helpful in any way please feel free to reach out share it with someone else and i will look forward to seeing you on another episode thank you so much for listening to this episode of the love your truth podcast now i have a favor to ask of you If you found any value whatsoever in this episode, it would mean the absolute world to me if you would share it with someone else, someone who you think might benefit from hearing anything that was shared in here, or if you feel so inclined, go ahead and leave a review. Reviews do so much to support the message and to support getting this out into the hands of others who need to hear what's being talked about. So again, thank you for being here. Thank you for choosing to spend your time. And I will look forward to seeing you in our next episode.